pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. open letter to the Games Media Awards. Dear GMAs, it was with no small sense of pride and expectation that the One Life Left team attended the Games Media Awards on Thursday the 10th of October. We were assured victory was a formality, not least because we were the only nominee in the radio podcast category that fulfils both halves of the award description, unless you count Adam Ross's Radio 5 show, which we don't, because it's on medium wave. In retrospect, we should have known something was up when we were greeted in the coat queue by an intent media employee with, what are you guys doing here? Are you nominated or something? The choice of table, right at the back of the room, not far from other fading stars like One Life Left Steve Boxer, should have been another indication. But we just assumed you'd arrange things like that so we could lap up the applause on the way to the stage. So confident of victory were we that when One Life Left's Daniel Nygriffiths offered us his congratulations just before the ceremony, it took every ounce of our collective willpower to feign surprise and modesty. Us? No, no. Gosh, that's ever so kind of you, but we're just doing our own thing. We don't need this kind of recognition. And besides, we voted for Guy Cocker. I mean, he deserves it, doesn't he? Winky smiley. When the awards began, we noticed a pattern. One Life Left's John Blythe steps up to collect the first award. In his acceptance speech, he notes that dreams can come true, and we smile. We know, John. We know. Next up is best friend of the show, One Life Left's Helen Lewis. Then One Life Left's Keith Stewart, who didn't even turn up, but instead sent One Life Left's Steve Hogarty up to collect his award, gets one too. One Life Left's Eurogamer, provider of our news for the last 200 episodes, gets the next one for best website. Are you noticing a pattern, GMAs? Can you understand what it was like to be in our head at that moment as every single one of your awards celebrated another vital part of the One Life Left collective? And the best radio show podcast award goes to... An idiot in the crowd shouts out Guy Cocker. A part of my heart breaks for Guy. How awful to have that moment of hope. And then the MC speaks to correct him and says... That's right, Guy Cocker. Guy Cocker. Not even one life left's Guy Cocker. Even though he is. Just Guy Cocker. (laughs) It took everything we had not to leave right there and then, GMAs. But we held off. We held off until the final award of the evening, just in case. Games Media Legend. Could it be? Was this your plan all along? No. No, it wasn't. That went to One Life Left's Paul Presley, who we had as a guest on the show last season. We made Prezzer. We made him. And there he was. On, on the stage, collecting awards, one of our friends, one of our foxes, without us. 
he left his he left the stage and then it was over just us one life left alone awardless again carefully clearing a table in order to flip it over without causing a scene <laughs> What do we have to do, GMAs? We had a spectacular 12 months. We've broadcast from the four corners of the world, London, Malmo, San Francisco and Nottingham. We've recorded our 200th episode. We've had illustrious guests, like the award-winning Guy Cocker. So in many senses, he's a subset of our show. And perhaps that was your thought, that you wanted to support the little guy, the upstart, show some love to people who really need it. But let us tell you, GMAs, we need it. We need your love. We need your validation. We need that award. So what do we have to do? Tell us. Do we have to be good? We'll see you in court. Or failing that next year. Yours, One Life Left. Wow! So that should do it, shouldn't it? <laughs> Follow that. How are you doing, Steve? I'm a bit wound up. So. Are you? <laughs> so are we communicating with the Games Media Awards via open letters now? Yeah, I think that's are how it's Are we Miley done, or, they, or, or Sinead? Uh, I'll, I'll leave that to the listeners to decide. <laughs> so we've had a good week, haven't we? It's been a great week, yeah. yeah um, uh, Thursday aside. Oh, what a disappointment. And that, that's going to that's gonna be the latest news introduction you'll, you'll have had in our 201 no. <laughs> episodes. It's gonna, so worth it, though. Wasn't it? Oh, next year. It'll all be worth it next year. Let's assume so. Should we get on with it, then? We well, we should. Uh, yeah, it's not just us. <laughs> Imagine if it was just us in the studio after that. <laughs> they would. Uh, when the next show came in at, eight, eight, at uh, 7.59, they'd, they'd find our lifeless bodies <laughs> slumped over microphones. Tears emerging from our veins. Uh, but no, thankfully, to keep spirits up, uh, we've got two guests in the studio this evening. Bonus. We've got one bonus, one actual. Uh, the actual <laughs> guest is um, Andrew Hewson. Hello, Andrew. Good evening, everybody. Andrew, how do I introduce you? Because you, you're not from Hewson Consultants anymore, are you? Well, I was. You were. What are you now? I'm an accountant, would you believe? <laughs> yeah. I, look after, I look after loads of small businesses, and I make them feel better about all the difficulties that is they that right? have. Oh, we're uh, a small business with yeah. lots of difficulties. Yeah, and also... Well, I should be along here more often, too. Just have a look at your books and check you out. Well, also, as an accountant, could you um, could you go through uh, some award nominations, like count up the votes? Could you audit them? Well, I'm not an auditor, so you've got to have somebody, you know, somebody really dull. Uh, because, uh, you know, <laughs> and here's Keith Stewart. This is a truism, isn't it? That um, uh, auditing is for people who find accountancy too exciting. Is it? Okay, well, we're going to talk to you about accountancy shortly. We're Good. not obviously, because oh. uh, we're going to talk about your games industry past, but uh, also joining him. Um, it was a cheap joke, Keith. I'm really sorry. Thanks for that. That's what I expect from you, Simon, to be No, honest. but it's only because we love you so much that we're able to say these things, isn't it? Mm. Uh, it's, the, it's the Guardian's games editor now. I, uh, yeah, I am. That's a recent... Now. That happened recently, didn't it? Yeah, I was kind so of lurking on the periphery of that job title for a long time, okay. and then they decided to make it uh, official because I wouldn't go away. Right, so, so One Life... So after your appearance on One Life Left, last time after that this is true you were promoted to guardian games editor yeah, i mean there was some distance going? yes i'm just trying to see you know and actually in, in fact the last time i was on i think it was with paul presley as well i think yeah, he was right. on at the same time as me so. have you been on guy cocker's radio show i have yes interesting. what interesting. happened to your job after that <laughs> up or down uh, i think maybe i had what am i supposed to say a dip with <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. Well, let's uh, let's crack on. This is uh, this is late already. We've got lots to get through, but let's uh, start off as we always do with Anne's news. This is the news. THQ is suing EA and Zuffa over the UFC license. Trouble publisher THQ believes UFC brand owner Zuffa broke their contract and gave it to EA through fraudulent negotiations. EA was in talks to buy THQ in 2011 and was given access to financial information. After talks broke off, THQ says Zuffa threatened to break its UFC license based on the publisher's insolvency. Court documents say, on information and belief, EA communicated THQ's internal financial information and projections to Zuffa. 
Is TH Cube still going then? Well, still flapping about, flap, suing, flapping, threatening to in sue in a mild way. Right. Yeah. Mm, how so? There, there, there must be a handful of employees there. Just, I heard that was the case that they were sort of finishing off business before the and heart stops beating. Yeah. yeah. We've just got through. So we've made everybody redundant. So we've paid off most of our debts. Um, we've sold the office furniture. Tick. Got rid of our IP. Tick. Um, now, we, all that's need to do is we just need to lock the building and switch the... Hang on a minute! <laughs> Sue EA! <laughs> is that what happens? Yeah, I think when you're shutting, shutting something down, just... I mean, you've got nothing to lose, right, you. They've got nothing to lose. Oh, what? We, we failed at suing you? Well, Brilliant, we've got no money. Yeah, what would happen if they won? <laughs> would they be like... Wait! Guys, we're back! Yeah. Amazing! Wow. Uh, so what are their chances? Um... Seven out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Rockstar is making up for the terrible first few days of GTA Online by throwing so much fake money at the problem. The special stimulus package for anyone who has played in October is a bank drop of half a million GTA dollars straight into your not real bank account. The money will be deposited in two separate amounts so the feds don't notice anything. There are of course T's and C's but if someone offers to drop half a million dollars into your bank account you should accept all the T's and C's immediately. Are you still playing GTA? No. Really? Yeah, no. Why not? Bored? Not bored, no. Um, other things? Yeah, other things have been happening. I Yeah, I... Real things or game things? I've been enjoying GTA, but I'm, I'm concerned that I'll get to a moment where it becomes too difficult for little old me, and, I'll, and then I'll be frustrated. Yeah, I don't know. I've, and I have, certainly haven't gone online. Mm. Have you? I haven't yet. I'm, I'm excited about doing it. I haven't been able to play it for ages, because I've, I've been... Busy oh, with busy other Steve. things. Yeah. I am genuinely only going to log on online to get my half mil. No, I am. You have to have played it in October online, though. Don't say yeah, that. it's still October. Wait, we could play it together, it really Simon. <laughs> <laughs> we could we could log on and get half cool half mil each. What are you going to do with that money, Anne? I just said it was the fourteenth of September. Wow. What? So this idea. is before we didn't win a GMA. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, what would I do with my half mil? Well, even then, my point my point would have been more valid <laughs> because it wasn't October yet. Surely you could give it to EA so they can pass it on to THQ. <laughs> Very wise. There is, um, isn't there a cons- So I don't understand what the money's for in GTA. Does anybody... Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I was good. This is my review from later on, so I don't want to ruin anything okay. if I'm allowed uh, that spot. But the, mo- the money is spent on uh, weapons and uh, clothing and apartments and cars, that sort of thing. So could you, how could, could you obtain the money elsewhere? Yeah, you obtain the money by doing jobs and missions and stealing cars. I'm very good car thief now. Are you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and uh, an- another another naughty nefarious activity. So that's how you that, that's how you earn it. And, and, and so there's you can't buy this money. This, these aren't in apps. Are in, right. in fact, there's been enormous controversy about the fact that Rockstar have introduced microtransactions. So you can buy you can, as well as earning the money in the game, you can actually uh, buy cash cards full of this money. Okay. So how much is half a mil worth in real money? Oh, God, I knew you were going to ask me that. But then, then, uh, why, then why didn't you look well, into know, it? I know that um, you can get two and a half million dollars for 13 pounds so do we have to divide and divide and that half, by five wait two and a half million yes how by, many are we having for half a million Andrew's the accountant oh, oh yeah <laughs> five <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to ask really whether uh, being a good car thief is now a qualification being, for being the games editor of the Guardian apparently so oh well there we go <laughs> we do, yeah. things have changed since my day I suppose. <laughs> we're going to come on to your day in a minute you hold your horses <laughs> Crytek has explained that the female soldiers in Warface are so sexy because that's what the audience asked for. Speaking to Wired, Crytek's Joshua Howard explained that the male-dominated Russian audience wanted realistic-looking male soldiers and not realistic-looking female soldiers. He noted that the company stopped short of putting the women soldiers in high heels. The game is due on Xbox 360 in early 2014. If Crytek is taking suggestions, we would like both male and female soldiers to have the head of Mickey Mouse, the arms of a T-Rex, the body of Peter Andre and the legs of a baby. <laughs> we didn't put, but at least we didn't put them in high heels. That's excellent. That's an excellent response. That would have just been ridiculous. <laughs> Wolf face. We, we could have done that, but we didn't. So, you know, who's wrong here? It's called Warface. 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 Not War Heels. It sounds like a Charlie Brooker invention <laughs> from the 90s, doesn't it? Because uh, back in your day, Andrew, this sort of, there would have been no controversy about this sort of thing at all. I'm not saying you were part of it, but if you think of how uh, video games represented ladies in the past. 
My mind springs back to the Joe Guest uh, advert with um, what was that? Oh, that was Battle Cruiser three thousand. <laughs> Should I have had instant recall? For- <laughs> I'm <laughs> noting. I'm going to make another. The Keith uh, remembered that first. You can go back further than that with the Barbarian, Barbarian Sam Maria Whitaker. Yes, the Palace Software. <laughs> I'm, ov- I'm obviously at the wrong paper. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember they had to draw a draw a dress on her for the <laughs> for the repeated. But at least I didn't have to draw heels, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Like Taylor Swift, the Xbox One has announced its UK tour dates. The console will be exhibiting itself in London from the 25th of October to the 3rd of November and in Manchester from the 18th to the 27th of November. There will be ticketed slots and those attending will need to be 16 or over. As with Taylor Swift, the rules are no touching, don't look it in the eye, and if you say Xbox off at an unacceptable moment, the console will never, ever, ever switch itself back on. That's very good. Best of the season. Yeah, there was that tweet, wasn't there, from the uh, developer saying that people shouting Xbox off over the company Tannoy has become boring very quickly. (laughs) It's not boring to us. (laughs) That's going to be brilliant, isn't isn't it? it? We're going to be able to do that from November. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Actually, people could be listening to this in November, shouldn't they? Yeah. Can you listen to podcasts on your Xbox One? It depends if they can put adverts on it, doesn't it? Can we just do do a test? Somebody switch on your Xbox. At the end of the news, we're going to shout Xbox off and see if it works. Okay. In November. <laughs> uh, so, are we interested in going to see the Xbox One on tour? Mm, I no. want to know what kind of a rider it's going to have. Like, I don't know what... Sean Ryder was in my office this week. <laughs> no way. <laughs> he was, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not clear on this. Maybe we should just have a quick One Life Left meeting. Okay. I noticed that Dom Carey... Yeah, uh, he offered his thanks and congratulations to Guy Cocker. He did, yes. On he's on. I've got the list here. So we're going to yeah. Although we don't talk about who's on the list, here it is. There it is. And so um, we're all for PlayStation right now. We are, yeah. <laughs> it's, it was interesting to see that uh, after all the kind of controversy with um, the E3 and everyone was saying that PlayStation Four had won. And it's interesting now. We've we've now the issue has shifted into the kind of retail season where it's the consumers are going to decide. And like John Lewis recently announced that they thought Xbox One was going to do better than PS4. It's mm. interesting how I mean, are we as a as a group of journalists still reflecting what people want? I mean, yes, do, 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 we do, are. are. Well, are, what are, we're doing is I? we're looking at whether uh, Dom Carey is congratulating other <laughs> okay. other people in our category, and we're making our decisions I, based on that. Out, I'm an outside of your bizarre and distinctive <laughs> bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Come and join us, Keith. <laughs> Come on in, the water's lovely. <laughs> and finally, if you've ever thought of signing up for an evening class but couldn't pick a subject, have we got something for you? EVE Online creator CCP is holding hour-long evening seminars for people who are struggling with the MMO. The new player training sessions will begin at 5pm GMT. Topics will change every month. The first topic is player versus player combat. Please note that while lessons do count towards your end-of-term grades, it's advised that you do not include this in the education section of your CV. Okay, we should definitely go to these. They sound boring, but <laughs> we could have fun, and it could are they, be a funny time. Uh, sorry, are they real life things? They're online. Uh, yeah, oh, wait, we should that do. It? You should do it. Yeah, because then me and Simon don't have to get bored. Yeah, but it could still be funny. Wait, I'm not taking notes for you and letting you pass. <laughs> This isn't how it works, Steve. No, 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 you should go. You should go, and you should see if you can get one of the boys to do the homework for you. <laughs> do your That's homework also not how this works, Steve. Okay. Can, um, you, but can you try and make it work that way? Okay. <laughs> uh, this, this seems like a nice idea, doesn't it, yeah. for those baffled by... Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, but we're, we're not we're, good we're enough for us to do it. silly about it. It's, no, it, it is nice, and Eve has always been one of the... Um, Forerunners has been one of the standout games uh, in community terms that's had a whole sort of ecosystem that exists around the games. There are, you know, you can get hired to do jobs in Eve that don't have anything to do with actually playing the game. You can be an accountant, even. I don't know if that interests that, you. That makes it really interesting. There we go, honest. you see. Uh, so, yeah, it's nice they're doing all this can community I, stuff as well. Can I get a job being Eve Online's Taylor Swift? You could write to them. You I could go and go to the seminar and just keep putting up your hand and saying, Sir, sir, what if this means nothing to me and I just want to be Eve Online's Taylor Swift? Brilliant. Yeah, I'm going to do that. See what happens. Is there like a practical test at the end where you have to reverse park your battle cruiser <laughs> between the two moons of Saturn? <laughs> I suppose we'll find out when Anne, uh, Anne joins, right? Right. One Life Left Video Game News with Anne
Hello, I'm Sega Badawi and welcome to One Life Left Local News. A councillor has objected to a story in the press which has named his father as the lizard who hated the Mushroom Kingdom. The councillor, Bowser Jr., says that the article does not take into account that his father fought for the Mushroom Kingdom in the vicious and violent 16-bit wars. It also didn't acknowledge his father's great love of cake. The newspaper is sticking to its story, adding that if Bowser Jr.'s dad loved the Mushroom Kingdom so much, then why did he keep kidnapping Princess Peach? Thanks, and back to your usual programming. left on resonance 104.4 fm and this is the one electronic it's called biting the pavement guy cocker we've had an email about him already haven't we it's not an email it's a tweet we've had what does it say one of our listeners has written in to point out if you go to guycockercom slash about it says what does it say <laughs> welcome to guy cocker's westbite it's a westbite I don't know, I can't make head or tail of it. <laughs> Good. One what's, left, what's Guy the Cocker? objective here? Um, one of us. Yeah, the... Uh, what happened to, to the uh, other winners? They've all shut down, haven't they? The They've man. all got out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> After six months of relentless One Life Left bullying, they all decided it's not worth it and they've gone home. Uh, and that... Ultimately, will leave the way clear for us to win an award. He invited me on his show a while ago. He invited me I, on his show. Didn't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. One life left. We're a video game radio show and award losing podcast. Let's talk video games. Let's do it. Andrew Hewson. Good evening. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, so I was trying to work out whether we'd met before. Uh, well, I, I was on the tube earlier on. Were you there? <laughs> I wasn't. The, I, the, um, I mean, there were a number of people there. It was very crowded. Right, but I was in our video game journalism in 1992 on a magazine called The One. You were already well into your video game career by then, weren't you? I certainly was. I was in my second coming, so to speak. So you founded Houston Consultant in 1980. 1980. 1980. That, 33 I, years ago. So I'm we, not very old. We had Darren Wall on uh, a couple of weeks ago to talk yes. about uh, sensible uh, soccer. soccer. Uh, and the book, and that uh, was talking about the old video game development scene. Sure. This predates even that, doesn't it? Uh, well, I would say, yes, yeah, Sensible Soccer were in the business about 83. Whippersnappers. Uh, well, I don't know. I was writing books, you see. That's where I started. Okay. Uh, hints and tips for the ZX80. I'm sure most of your listeners have, will have read it by now, because <laughs> it's been out a long time. Right. And so Houston, I think it's fair to say, became one of the... I mean, it, it published some of the most fondly remembered com- computer games, as they were then, of, uh, of all time, right? That's very kind of you to say. We do have a couple in the top 100, people's one, top 100, certainly. So Paradroid and Iridium? Paradroid, Iridium, uh, Avalon on the Spectrum, uh, Exelon, Nebulous, 
Nippleless, uh, of course. Uh, and then, of course, moving on to the Pinball Dreams series of games. Pinball Dreams, Pinball Fantasies, Pinball Illusions, all S- sorts. So, what was it like? How, how did you get into it? What was it, what was it like back then? Um, ah, right. Well, how, what it was like back then was that anybody could join in. <laughs> it was really a free-for-all. And I joined in because I was a, I was a scientist, would you believe? That was, my, that was my mission in life, was to be a scientist. Well, you I, were working at the British Museum, is that right? And uh, you saw them take their first ever... Computer in, computer in right. 1973. We, yes, we were given a computer because we were the scientists, and obviously lots of archaeologists and keepers and, and and sort of security people, and they're very boring, aren't they? So they took the computer and they said, "It's technical. It better go to the scientists in the right. research lab." So we had the toy to play with, and uh, and what could it get? It could play Space War, and that was it. Wasn't we, it? There was certainly Star Trek on it. I used to play that at lunchtime. That was uh, that was. Uh, you how, know, how big was it? Uh, well, you know, this is on a, a 17-inch screen, black with green green stars on it to represent the Klingons. But how much? Was, how big was the actual physical oh, right, computer? Okay, it sat in a room that, as big as this studio. Right. So uh, yes, I've got all the stories. Um, uh, two megabit hard drives, uh, bigger than uh, twice the size, about the size of a huge pizza. Right. Uh, the, uh, uh, the the boot uh, the bootstrapping was uh, a piece of paper tape, and uh, there we are. Stick it in the bootstrap reader. Zzz. And away it goes. Wow. It comes into. And the memory. And that was where Clive Sinclair got the idea for the spectrum loading noise, was it? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we used to be able to do that. Didn't right. we? But, and, then it, and then it was those uh, modems. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, you've just made a, a, a computer display say something very rude. Yes, Xbox exactly. off. Xbox <laughs> off. Yes. So you got into it. So you were working at the British Museum, you were a scientist, and then you decided to. Create your create your own, or yeah, I I wanted I wanted to make some money. To be honest, I was poor. My career wasn't going anywhere. I couldn't write. It seems remarkable, but I, when you're a scientist, you have to write academic papers, don't you? And I sat down to first write my first one, and it took me a year, a year to get the, these ideas boiling in my head, boiling, 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 get them down on paper. But they're boiling in my head. Can't get them down. On boiling, can't get them down. It took a year, right. a year of these incomplete sentences. Oh, that's not a sentence. It hasn't got a verb in it that can't be a sentence I learned that at school and so so actually what happened I was poor I wanted to write uh, Uncle Clive Sinclair came out with his ZX80 it cost 100 quid yeah. I went to the bank and borrowed 500 pounds because you know like, I'm sort of dangerous, case. dangerous. yeah exactly yeah. I bought an old desk a second hand typewriter I commandeered the third bedroom and I sat down with his ZX80 with all my seven years experience of programming in Fortran 4 right. at, uh, at my disposal and I peeked and poked at it and you know fiddled around and worked out what was going on right. and I tell you I was one of you know there were other people who wrote books at the same time yeah. I, I wanted to write and that's what I did I wrote the notes my wife pregnant with our, our second child who's now a games designer by right. the way and uh, uh, she typed it up on this old second-hand typewriter. I took it down to a photocopying shop. And you've got to understand, photocopying was, like, pretty exciting. Then. <laughs> it was new. And you could, look, we can fa- you can get lots of copies, just, yeah. you know. And um, a photocopying shop, saddle-stitched. Does anyone know about saddle-stitching? Yeah, like, I was taught it at sad- school as a punishment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we saddle-stitched it. And I put adverts in practical computing and personal computer words. Small ads. Small. Yeah. I mean, small, 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 small. Like that. Uh, and... Uh, and then uh, writing, 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 small ads, writing, writing, small ads, small ads, writing, writing, writing. Oh, look, in the morning, coming down the stairs, there's the front door, there's some letters on the map. Open the letters, they're from people I don't know, and they've sent me cheques. Wow. Sent, they sent me postal orders. We don't see postal orders anymore, but there they are. See, and you open it, oh, you can't imagine. You haven't even had your breakfast, you haven't had a cup of tea, and somebody sent you some money. Wow, and what write a glorious this down. Yeah. Write this down. What a glorious feeling. So, did you have any idea? That was very early on. Yes. When, when we got into sort of things like power joining Iridium, I think then the, the, the audience was growing. Yeah, I mean, what, hap- what happened was I got, a, I got, the, uh, I got offered to do a, a column in Sinclair User, one of the computer magazines. Houston Helpline, they called it. <laughs> uh, and uh, somebody rang me up from a distant place called London uh, and came down and took a photograph of, of me holding this book. Uh, it was Hints and Tips of the ZX81 by yeah. this time. And so there am I in, in the Houston Helpline and we're selling the book. And somebody sent us some memory for the, uh, for the ZX81 because, you know, it was small. We could sell extra memory. Yeah. So we started selling other people's memory. And then, so, then Mike Mail sent us uh, Night Flight, which was a flight simulator for the 
as NX81. So we started publishing right. other, other people's and games. And presumably it was night flight because the graphics were so rudimentary that you could only distinguish harshly between day it, and it night. It was brilliant. I no, guess. It was brilliant night flight. You had the instruments at the bottom and it was black at the top. Yeah, because it was flying, night. Exactly. Flying at night. <laughs> and, so, and so the 3D simulation of the runway was of the runway lights. And that was all you ever saw, the instrument panel. So basically it was flying by instruments. Right. And of course it did brilliantly. Yeah, you know, yeah. Went into WH Smith. WH Smith were wonderful in those days. And then of course Steve Turner came along, Steve Turner of Graph Gold, with the first, because we, we were getting cassettes through the door from all sorts of people, all sorts of people right. trying to, most of the stuff was not very good, not very good at all. And you had to wait five minutes to five find min- that out, didn't five, you? Five <laughs> minutes to load it, and then, oh, it's not very yeah. good. But every now and again, you do just a gem, and of course Steve's 3D Space Wars was the yeah. one from him, and, and then uh, then we did Zydab Attack. Now, if you struggle really hard to think how Zydab spells the other way around, you can see how limited we were in our thing. Yeah, you're working on it. Write, write, it down. write it down. Zydab Attack. Uh, and then Lunar Attack. And those three were, were all from uh, from Steve, all using roughly the same, because Steve was a great one for reusing code. And then, uh, and then uh, Avalon, which was an adventure, and I'm sure one or two of your listeners will remember Avalon. And, of course... The thing that you're really getting to is that, is that Andrew Braybrook yeah. joined Steve Turner. Simon's so, not getting to anything right now apart from Zydab, which he's writing down in all sorry, compilations. Sorry, I'm talking too much. Should I stop now? <laughs> no, no, no. 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 So, so what's, what's Andrew up to these days? He's, he's still working. He's still working. Uh, believe it or not, he's coming up to retirement. But I'm not is that he? old. Wow. I'm very young. I, I'm not near... I'm, I, I was older than them in those days. But <laughs> these days, by, you know, a magical means, I have well, turned out to be younger. <laughs> so I need to bring you right up to date, though, because uh, we're, we're filling our time. What are you doing now? I'm uh, writing accountancy. a book. You're writing a book. So writing tell us book. about the book. <laughs> I'm writing a book. Hints and tips for video game pioneers. There Ooh. you are. And if that doesn't say it all, um, I can't... Can't think of a shorter sentence that will say it. Basically, it's about what the day, what the life was like then. It was about it's about our programmers, people that we work with, including Andreas Axelson, for example, of Dice, yeah. who did the pinball series yeah. for us. Uh, uh, Raf Checo, all sorts of people, and it's about what's it, what it was like to be in the pioneers, and also what lessons there are for people today. So what, so, so, what, so what years will it, will it cover then, from your start in the early 80s through until...? 1994, 5. Okay. I, mean, I dropped out about that sort of time and, and, and went away and had a long, long rest. Right. <laughs> Do you regret dropping out or not? No, uh, no, not at all, because life moves on and the world was different and they were all closed platforms. And I'm really bored. When you talk about THQ or whoever they were called, suing EA, I don't care! <laughs> I don't care! Yeah. 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 Pick the right one. So, uh, hints and tips for video game pioneers. Then, uh, and we're launching a, a Kickstarter campaign Excellent. in a few days. And Co- you in can a few days, put your money down, and you can give us twenty-five quid, and you can get a copy and a poster of the Zap sixty-four Paradroid artwork by Oliver Olive. Frey, Excellent. included with it. Now, is that a good deal or what? Oliver Frey, of course, yeah. Oliver Frey, and he's still going with us, and uh, uh, all uh, that Zap64 crew and all the people from Crash Micro. Well, of course, Ga- Gary, Gary wrote the Sensible Soccer book, Gary didn't he? wrote the Sensible so, Soccer uh, book, and, and Roger Keane is still... Uh, is I'm he, sorry, I'm being... No, 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 no. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Kickstarter will, will launch around about the time that the podcast goes live, we think. Yes. Sort of Wednesday or yes, Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday this week, uh, depending on when we get our approval. Please give us that can we have our <laughs> Mr. Man in California, can we have our approval, please? Do uh, when are people likely to receive the books? Uh, May 2014 Great. is my day. I've got 30,000 words in the can. Some of them are pretty good words, some of them are a bit rubbish, and I have to polish them up. <laughs> right. Sorry about that. I'm still struggling with that. No, that's great. Thing. So, uh, obviously, you're going to stick around for the rest of the show, but will you come back on when the book launches? I will do. Excellent. I'd love to be here. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. It's Dr. Avatar. Dr. Avatar. You're needed in surgery. Dr. Avatar, operating room dictation on patient Stormcloak, comma, Ulfric. Operative diagnosis, penetrating wound in the deep infrapatellar bursa by hollow-shafted medieval projectile. Estimated blood loss, 50 cc's, OR time, 5 hours. Mr. Stormcloak was given tetanus toxoid vaccine due to unknown immune status. 
He was started on perioperative erythromycin for possible clostridium infection and then given regional anesthesia. After sterilization, the patellar space was retracted and the projectile was removed manually. The tip of the projectile could not be retrieved and thus arthroscopy was carried out. At this point, it was clear that invasion of the joint space had occurred with irreversible damage to the meniscus. All remnants of the foreign bodies were removed and sent for poison screening. The patient will be transferred to the orthopedics unit to discuss the possibility of joint replacement and physiotherapy. However, I fear his adventuring days are over. Ending dictation for patient Stormcloak, comma, Ulfric. Who's going first? Hi, Simon. I hope you are well. Uh, So, Sam Collins. Good luck at the GMAs tonight, not just with the winning thing, but achieving your challenges. From my experience, pushing over needs to be replaced with pulling back up again at the GMAs. As I listen on podcast, I'm always a week late. Sorry. So, I'm responding to something Steve said last week. My views are not my employers, of course, he says. Uh, he said uh, he goes and say that Steve seemed uncomfortable about being encouraged to pay for a boost in Car Hunter. I'm sure he's aware that this is a free game made by real people who invested time, sweat, and money into making it. He really shouldn't be grudged playing a small amount for a game that he has enjoyed playing for many hours. We're lucky as gamers to be able to access so many great and diverse games for free, whereas in the past the access point was 20 point minimum for a box game. We need to support and encourage indie devs. I get off my high horse now. I'll be interested to hear what Nick Lovell has to say on this next week. He knows all about it. Cheers. Sam. He does, doesn't he? And I replied to Sam. I did. Do you have my reply? Because <laughs> I've forgotten what I said. I can I think I'm not really get a letter out from you. I guess I can do an impression of you. Okay. No, but to praise it, uh, your problem was not spending money, was being forced into, into make, being made to feel like you had to. I all. think the problem with... My problem with Card Hunter is that all of the payment methods are subscription-based, and I know I can see there's a point at which they're going to run out and that means I know there's a point in the future where I'm going to feel like I'm losing out and that doesn't work for me and I wouldn't encourage the dev to change it because clearly if you look at the models of uh, Puzzle and Dragons and Candy Crush that works in such a crazy way for everybody else but for me it turned me off and uh, I could not give them any money but I do support indie devs exactly. and, and uh, I do believe you should buy things you love a lengthy so. correspondent with our listener Sam as well, well which is nice so if you want to turn him around he's still listening exactly so. but he's so. Listening next week. Another one saved. Yes. Anne. Hey, Anne. Uh, what is going on with P apostrophe G apostrophe Martin Ulis? Is it a Halloween thing? Edgar. Um, this is what Martin Hollis is now calling himself <laughs> on Twitter. So I just asked him. Right, I'll let Anne. you know. Okay, cool. Keith. Wow, this is a letter from one of your contributors, I think, Dr. Adam Avatar. Okay. And he says, Hi team, I hate to say it, but contrary to what your statistician fan said last week, the average review score on One Life Left is actually 7.005. This is because a former presenter who must not be named gave Crackdown for Xbox 360 a score of 8 out of 10 in the first season. We've been through this before. It was a misprint. How can you make a misprint? This placeholder text, just like the GTA review in Edge. Come on. Okay, come on. Okay, uh, this is from Duncan, who's writing every week to explain how he's getting on teaching his children to play video games. Because we expressed concern, didn't we, a few weeks ago that this was inappropriate. Dear Master Chief, Arbiter and Cortana, I snagged Cities XL Platinum in this week's Humble Bundle sale since I know Edison likes games in which things get built. It's great, SimCity with Bendy Roads. I'm confident I can let him play it since there's no enemies to shoot him dead and hopefully no tantrums. But I don't want him to run his budget into the ground either, so I spend half the day explaining to him how important it is to get the right ratio of housing, industry and commerce. I demonstrate, <laughs> I demonstrate road placement techniques for traffic management and emphasise that too many service buildings will ruin his net income. 
He seems to take this in, so I hand over the reins. He builds a long, convoluted, wiggly road with a single house at the end, plops down half a dozen Ferris wheels and seems satisfied with that. Our town continues to take in plenty of revenue. I feel like I'm the one who learned a lesson from Duncan. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks, Duncan. Andrew. Oh, hi, I've got one from Matthew Cooksey here. Hi, one left and super guest, he says. I'm interested to get your opinions on ways multiplayer games build tension between players. I've been playing a lot of speed speedrunners with close friends. Now, I'm interested by that because do you not play clo uh, speedrunner with not-so-close friends? I mean, is it illegal? Vitriol and frustration that ebbs and flows around the room when we play is palpable and extremely enjoyable, especially when firing off a rocket to scupper a close friend's chance of victory. Clearly, it's important that it's a close friend. I'm not quite sure about that. Is it something modern that I'm too old to understand? <laughs> what are some games you've enjoyed playing with friends in the same room over the years? Well, I couldn't possibly talk about that. That have changed you uh, as a group in some way... As a group, this is getting really quite close Three to the Steve and I used to play competitive Dance Dance Revolution at trade shows. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've seen that. I, w I was watching the, the Blues Brothers in Manchester uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, at the Play Expo. And there's Guy. Guy's... <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, it's great. I, to be honest, I prefer the film to watching somebody doing that in front of a right. video screen. But I that's thought, just me. Maybe I'm strange. You, I thought when you said you'd seen that, you'd, you'd heard about Steve and I's <laughs> yeah. rivalry. Oh, sorry about that. so no. much a rivalry. Really no, it was an idea. Domination. Uh, but yes, I love in the room gaming. And actually, on that subject, uh, I've been in talks with a. Um a YouTube executive. Oh yeah. Not actually employed by YouTube, but okay. an executive yeah. who does stuff with YouTube. Right. About what One Life Left should do on YouTube. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's competitive gaming yeah. in a enclosed space with very few cameras aimed at us. <laughs> Anything could happen. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know. But if you've got any ideas for what One Life Left should do on YouTube, please write into team at onelifeleft.com. Hi team Ool says Cat, C Cat Stevens. Right. Enough. Yeah, I know, it's OLL. But when that guy wrote Ool the other week, it made me giggle a bit. Maybe we could start a thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fine. Let's yeah, start You can call us what you want. If it makes you giggle, Cat, yeah. doesn't matter. You know? It, you're welcome to it. Anyway, I've spent... Oh, well, that's the theme. So the theme going. Right, end of letters. Should, should I start again for this myself? Or should I do it a cappella? Do yeah. it Push on. Do it a cappella. Anyway, I've spent the past couple of hours trying to write some video game-based jokes for you to steal on One Life Left. I've come to the conclusion that you're effed. Sorry, you can't you can't say effed on air. Well, I can say effed. effed. But can she you? wrote the full, full thing out, didn't she? Yeah, Does that mean finished? <laughs> that works. Yeah. Is... Est allowed? Screwed. Screwed is allowed. Screwed, screwed is just um, it's a medical. It's a it's screwed is completely allowed. It's it's it, a it's biological. It's a part of the body. Yeah, it's part of the body. I've come to the conclusion that you're effing screwed. <laughs> <laughs> you're offcom screwed. <laughs> I'm definitely coming though. So I reckon it'll be pretty entertaining to watch you all die on stage. Wait a second. What's this? Oh, I see. This is from 2010, which Cat Stevens is pointing out because she made Ool a thing in 2010. Because yeah. oh, right. Gmail was... being Gmail has bumped this up to the top of our inbox again, and actually, on 10th of October 2013, Cat Stevens, veteran listener Cat <laughs> Stevens, says, of course it's a thing. I can't believe you haven't memorised all of the letters you had in 2010. Oh, right, OK. But she was completely right about being screwed, wasn't she? <laughs> she was. Yeah. We certainly were. Right, thanks ever so much for writing in. Uh, obviously, the address is... Team at one Catch us on Twitter and all of that sort of thing. We have had some tweets. Maybe we could round those up after some music. OK.
one laugh left was three years ago. Three years, three oh, years ago. Because that's oh, what one, that's, one laugh left. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. Cat Stevens was writing about. So much has happened. It's <sighs> amazing. And yet we've learned so little. We have learned almost nothing. Of course, we're at Nottingham again this year. We'll be doing one death. One left. death left. We've been. Uh, the rules have been uh, submitted to the organisers. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to this, Keith. I am. Yeah. I, d- I don't know. What, are you allowed to say what's going on, or is it just one a death left? Yeah. I don't know. I'm Someone sorry. gets dead. It's gonna. Right, okay, I love that Anne looked at me as though it's me, <laughs> as though it's me that gets dead. I think, I think you're safe, actually, oh, Keith, in a world in which Guy Cocker is living. <laughs> I, I think you are safe. My safety depends on the existence of Guy Cocker. <laughs> Stand behind him. Yeah, well. <laughs> of course, we don't know that he's living. We haven't heard from him in the last half hour, so if you're out there, Guy, and listening, we assume you are, because you're one life left, Guy Cocker. <laughs> You know, drop us an email, tweet, you know, phone call, anything really. Pop by. Lovely to see you. <laughs> so that was, uh, who was that? That was Jackim, uh, and it was called Column D. I enjoyed I like that. that. Yeah, it reminded me of, an, of, uh, of another song, didn't it? The, I don't was, know. It, was it a cover version? <laughs> I don't know, did it? Was it a cover version? Yeah, it might be. Uh, it was called Column D, so I doubt oh, it. Column D. I think it was just a bit laid back. Okay, that's from uh, chipmusic.org which you should go to and have a look what else is there maybe submit your own piece of chip tune and see how that goes are we talking about anything now or should I just go straight off? into reviews just, isn't it? straight into reviews I thought I thought that was, that was all going sorry, on sorry I had no idea we hadn't discussed it beforehand mind you 201 shows now you'd think I'd know <laughs> reviews who wants to go first I'll go first if oh you that would be a, a change yeah. Um, okay. I've been playing Cookie Clicker. Do we know what Cookie Clicker is? It's one of those internet meme games that you call kids on Twitter chat about, isn't it? It's that and Salty Bet and that other one that they did, Candy. That dude's at Nottingham. The Candy the Candy Man. Candy, yeah, uh, is he? Yeah. Say that again. Candy Man. Say it one more time. <laughs> Xbox off. <laughs> so, uh, Cookie Clicker is one of those games that maybe is sort of tongue-in-cheek designed to show people how easy it is to get addicted to something that is basically worthless. It begins with a big cookie, and you click on it to make a cookie, and then you click on it again, you make another one. And after 100 or so clicks, you can buy a grandma to help you. You can buy a pointer that will also click on the cookie automatically. And you spend cookies on buying these things, and then you buy a cookie factory, a cookie farm before that. Ultimately, you end up buying a cookie portal to the cookie dimension, where you'll discover more cookies. Cookie antimatter to collapse the universe in on itself and bake cookies. And these cost millions and millions of cookies, and you end up clicking. And I played it slightly knowingly in the way. Look, look, I was showing it to my mum, actually. Look look at this game, isn't it silly? She wasn't interested, because she wouldn't buy into the narrative, which begins with... you. You bake a cookie and no one's interested. And she was like, that's that's ridiculous, I'm not playing it. Meanwhile, my I sunk into a cookie clicker addiction, uh, which I had been trying to avoid since two weeks ago. It was sort of vogue. And I was like, yeah, you guys play this for me. Um, so, yeah, I've baked hundreds and thousands of millions of cookies. It is currently at home as we speak, baking some more. I didn't turn off my laptop deliberately so that I would be able to buy some more antimatter cookies when I get home. Right. Uh, cookie isn't, factories. isn't this just an extension of Cow Clicker that Ian yeah, Bogos gave? It is yeah. absolutely uh, a, a yeah, Cow Clicker related thing. And Ian, Ian's thing was sort of mocking these things. This is slightly less knowing. This is definitely more interested in monetizing. But it is nicely produced and it has trapped me in this vortex of cookies. What? So you? What? So is it, it's an actual game you can pay money for? Uh, it's got a donate button oh. at the bottom. Uh, cleverly, the donate button is placed just below where all of the, all of the. Um, it's not directly monetized, so it's kind of nicer than charging you for cookies. But you buy factories, you buy antimatter things, you buy portals, blah blah blah, and then at the end, it's just a oh, you can't buy anything else, but why not give us some money? All right, mm-hmm. I will. What I think is um, interesting beyond the sort of uh, general, um, you know, points about this, this me being addicted to this thing and thinking I should know better, but still being addicted, is the fact that I'm having to keep my computer on right now. 
And that is wasting electricity, which I'm paying for. It's only wasting if it's wasteful. It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you're baking cookies. (laughs) It is wasting cycles of processing power. Now, there are those things which use your spare processing power to find aliens and cure cancer and stuff. Why doesn't one of these organisations make something as compelling as this and give me an actual reason to have my computer on? Then I won't feel so bad. 7 out of 10. Simon, I've been playing Papers, Please. Oh, really? Yes. That's one of those games those cool kids on the internet <laughs> go Again, on about on Twitter they and vote were... for at the IGF. Exactly, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I thought I'd let them get on with it for a few weeks. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and it's good. It's a game in which you play a, um, a worker in a fictional... Um, Soviet state, I guess. That's the implication. And your job is to um, permit or deny entry into the country, depending on um, increasingly set, uh, increasingly complicated set of criteria. Um, and yeah, it's very clever. And I, yeah, I like it a lot. It's, um, it's, it's very knowing. It makes a game out of the mundane. Uh, roles that you imagine one of those jobs needs to do but then it introduces elements of personalities and um, you're working to keep your family warm and safe with a roof over their head and happy Um, and you earn money by letting people into the country but if you let in uh, people who shouldn't be let in and get caught you will then be fined Uh, or worse one of them could be a terrorist and can walk past and blow up a checkpoint at which point the day is ended early and your earning earning potential goes in uh, yeah, it's amazing how affected you get by these uh, by these people that come in. Um, I haven't played it to the end yet. You, I, th- I think it's got multiple endings after 30 days. I've got sort of day 10, and you sort of, uh, like on day 5, a guy says, yeah, let me in, and then he says, oh, my wife's been meeting behind me. Can you watch out for her, make sure she gets through safely? And you know that she's not going to have her correct papers, and she comes up, and you have to go your papers please and she's like please let me through and you're like oh I, I did I felt sorry for her fortunately she wasn't terrorist um, yeah and it's, it's, it's got a lovely style um, it was sort of seven pounds on Steam for those of us that pay for our Steam games Steam I got annoyed today when I saw it was four pounds <laughs> I, I, I thought I was annoyed at myself for going but that's only like I've only yeah anyway uh, yeah it's really good really thoroughly enjoyed it glad to be playing it away from the, uh, the, the Twitter hype seven out of ten and what have you been playing um I've been playing how do you pronounce it? Guyana Sisters? Let's go with Gianna that. Sisters. Gianna, Gianna Sisters. Gianna Sisters. Okay. Now we, yeah, no, and again, Andrew, you'll remember this. This was the game that was stopped. Um, Guyana Sisters was not allowed to be published on the Commodore 64 because it was a rip-off of Mario. Is that right? I have absolutely no idea. What's the point of you being? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it's in, a C64. In, I, that, I'm not so good I'm, on that. Am I right? You are, you're, I mean, the original great Guyana Sisters, I, don't, I think it, it Mario ran into problems. It was, it, was, it was made on the Commodore 64 and Amiga. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure if, I think they ran into legal trouble, but I think they actually managed to. Okay, because uh, now it's a legitimate thing. I see yeah, it advertised yeah. everywhere, and it used to be the game that you'd only own if you'd pirated it. So mm. I, of course, never, never around it. <laughs> of course. Well, I'd love a copy. But no, whereas I, who got my games for free. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, so sorry, Anne. Yeah. So yes, uh, they've got a new, well, it's on uh, PlayStation Plus, um, so I didn't pay for it. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and it's lovely. It's a really nice little platformer. So one of the sisters gets stolen, and then the other one um, has to go and find her, um, and has split personalities, uh, and is in one one sort of realm is really cute but that's the nightmare realm and then the other realm is the dream one and she's like really punky um, but you you have to switch between them so if you're in one level you can see other diamonds that you need to collect uh, that only the punk one or the cute one can get so you need to switch between them in the level and sometimes you can only uh, jump a certain a certain thing or get over a bridge uh, when you are playing one or the other so it's really nice it's a really nice mechanic which I had never seen before um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's just jumping around and getting stuff and going and finding stuff, and it's, it's pretty fun. Um, I would give it 7 out of 10. Excellent. That's it. Keith. Yes, I've been playing the obscure hipster indie game Grand Theft Auto oh, online. Yes. Where have you heard of that? I don't know. I just heard some hipster That's friends. That's what all the cool kids on Twitter are playing, isn't it? <laughs> Are you going to write yeah. about it in The Guardian at some yeah. point, or is it not quite... Uh, uh, all I've been doing for the last two weeks is writing about this game. Um, and But, I mean, it is, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating experiment. I and mean, if, if you haven't heard of it, which is very possible, uh, it's an extension of Grand Theft Auto V, and essentially you go onto a server with 16 other people, and you have the whole of Los Santos to run around, steal cars, uh, get involved in missions... Um, 
uh, buy clothes and weapons and that sort of thing. So it's a persistent online world based in place based in Los Santos. I think what's fascinating about the game is that it kind of it's an in some ways it's an analysis of how little you can interact with people or how few areas of interaction there are in modern video games between human players. Like basically, when you meet a human character in Grand Theft Auto Online, pretty much your only interaction is to do some sort of waving gesture at them or some other variation on that or shoot them. Um, so what do you choose? I I sometimes I, I actually try and be peaceful, uh, but there's not much you can do. <laughs> actually, I, I held up a, um, a convenience store the other day uh, with another person. They came in and helped me, but then I accidentally hit them in the face with my gun and killed them. Um, it's pretty awkward, isn't it? I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but there's nothing. In some ways, it's kind of like a psychopathic version of Journey. Um, <laughs> in that it, it does. What can you do non-verbally with another player in a kind of digital world and you really realise the sort of limits of it and it's, every interaction is essentially the prisoner's dilemma it's very you know in that to zero sum game in which you've got to work out in an instant how you're going to you know how this is going to play out and what are the benefits and um, it's very interesting it's, it's almost like a psychological experiment rendered into this enormously complex persistent world What'd you give it? I give it seven out of ten. Andrew, hello. What have you been playing? Yes, well, I thought I, I've been hearing a lot about seven out of ten, so I've been thinking about uh, my history and thinking what would I give seven out of ten to. So I started it the other way round, and uh, I, this is a challenge for your uh, for your listeners to remember dilithium lift on the spectrum. Now, I, I, that's a two-dimensional space invaders game, and we call it dilithium lift because it was a bit space invadery, and we were frightened of uh, actually infringing copyright. But it's a great game to play, but it only gets 7 out of 10 because the artwork was rubbish and because the name's stupid. Uh, so that would give it 5 out of 10, but it's retrieved actually by the music and sound effects, which are glorious. So I would recommend Dilithium Lift on the Spectrum 7 out of 10. <laughs> Thank you. I've just been uh, I've just been doing some Googling. I've got I've got Dilithium Lift up on YouTube right Brilliant. now. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe. I, t I tell you what, uh, what we'll do is we'll put some sounds of this on after we've heard from Science Officer. Science Officer update. After over three years floating in deep space, this human specimen was eventually recovered from a damaged escape capsule. The human male has since returned to active duty, although his behaviour has been erratic. Science officer's audio log. I'm getting back into the swing of being on a ship, but these regular psych officer checkups are becoming a drag, even though the last guy requested a transfer. I feel like I'm fulfilling my duties, but they keep talking about a disconnect between my behavior at work and my behavior in my off time. The guy even had a name for it. He called it ludonarrative dissonance. I think you mean ludonarrative dissonance officer, I replied. He didn't laugh. He just made a note on his data pad. This psych officer even used my own audio logs against me. Listen to what you're talking about here, he said. Okay, sure, in that audio log, I'm talking about three potential entry points to the ship's reactor room and the various risk factors associated with each approach, and not in a particularly charismatic manner. But that's what I was told to do, and I did it. Then he showed me a video log, footage of me modifying the lab's laser sensor so I could use it for indoor skeet shooting. I actually use audio log data disks as the skeets, and I'm getting pretty good. They seem to have a problem with such ingenuity in the pursuit of giddiness. But the way I see it, I'm the one cooped up in here doing science and making audio logs the whole damn day. Why shouldn't I occasionally make my own fun? We're not all pre-programmed robots. Well, maybe that psych officer is. Right, I gotta go make an audio log about, let's see here, casually discuss the location of a vital key card. Sounds thrilling. But once I get that done, I can get back to building my fort out of specimen containment cages, because nothing soothes frustration like impromptu crenellations. Science officer, out. That's the science officer. Uh, you can read more or hear more at www.science-officer.blogspot.co.uk. And that sound is dilithium lift. Whoa. Bring back memories? Oh, yes. Yes. I should have been writing 40, uh, 40 best machine code routines for the Zenit Spectrum, <laughs> but I was busy playing that at my desk. <laughs> Excellent. The sweet sounds of dilithium lift you're listening to. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, we've got some business to conclude. Yeah. We do. Or conduct and conclude. 
Lucky Stewart. Yes. It's no Simon accident we Byron. find you here. No. <laughs> we asked you to come here for a very special reason. On that Thursday night, I'm not sure if you were, a, uh, the Games Media Awards took place. I, I am aware of that happening. You yes. were doing something more important, weren't you? Because you won so many. Yeah, in, yes, fact, I, 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 in fact, I recall that one you won, f- uh, that something you won for last year isn't even going this year, <laughs> is it? Uh, no, it isn't. No. no. We, 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 it's, it almost looks as though we set it up just, just to, to win a GMA when it works. So we've been doing 200 shows. You set up a blog once, mm. win a GMA, and then don't bother turn up the following year. Anyway, Anne has got your award here. I've been looking after it, Simon. You may have seen on the social media, it's, it's done the rounds. The, th- the, the comment I found most interesting, and Steve's comment underneath it made me laugh, was where Anne posted it on her sheets. Guy said, nice to meet you finally, Anne. Nice bed sheets. In the same, same post yes. to imply that the same things had happened. Mm. Mm. Unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. 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 But uh, Keith Stewart, we'd like to present you with uh, thank, and there it is. Thank there you. Is. I've been because Anne's been sending me text messages all through the weekend um, with pictures of the GMA Awards with her flatmates going out with her. That sort of, uh, and and a picture of it being knocked over by a giant rabbit, which is incredible. <laughs> I think that's I think that's on Twitter now. So thank you very much. Like yeah, Are you honoured to receive it? I'm honoured to receive it from you guys, definitely. So I what have you brought for us? Smarties. We are running out of time. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. You're so welcome. we need to look out for what on this on this. Hits and chips and video game pioneers. Keith Kansas coming in. Love you. See you next week. And you, I love you too. <laughs> bye. Okay. We'll see thank you all next much. week. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.